Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there'll be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. What is going on, Dominators? Welcome back to the podcast, Domination Show. On this episode, I have a special guest by the name of Ryan Cote. So if you don't know who Ryan Cote is, he is a digital marketer and an SEO expert. And in this episode, he talks about SEO, but also how he uses educational-based selling to really win his clients and, and really, really help him grow his own business. And something you can use on your podcast, and I really want you to pay attention to how he talks about his selling process, the strategy that he puts together for clients that he uses to present, sell, and close more deals. So if you have an agency, this will be great for you. If you have a podcast that you want to use to help get more clients, this will be great because he drops tons of tools in here that he uses throughout this episode. So you'll hear SEO tips and tricks, and you'll also hear educational-based selling tactics. So let's dive in. Be sure to say hi to Ryan Cote because he has a special gift for you at the end. So stick around for that so you can learn more about where to get it. So I won't spoil it for you, but enjoy the episode. Bye. So how do you start a successful podcast that allows you to build your name online, build your network, and also helps you bring in leads, customers, and generate a huge audience that is going to love you and love the content you put out? That's the question we aim to solve on this podcast, the podcast domination show. And my goal is to help you figure out what works in growing and monetizing your show and help you implement those strategies in your show today. My name is Luis Diaz. I am pumped to have you here on the podcast domination show. So let's get into today's episode. We're just going to just to start with your background as a family business because I think that's interesting. Okay, cool. And I'm, I'm curious to know when, how long has it been running for you guys and, and kind of, yeah, I think it's a three generations, right? Third generation. The, wow. the, the company was started in, so I've been here for 16 years. I'm now partners in the business with my two brothers, my uncle. I'm actually my uncle's office because he's the only office in the, he's the only office without any windows. So I have like full privacy in here and, <laughs> and he's traveling. So I get to use it. My great uncle started the company in 66. So 54 wow. years ago. Gotcha. Got it. Okay, cool. In terms of, you guys always been in, in Fairfield, New Jersey? We moved to uh, Fairfield four years ago. We were in Wayne for 25 years. We actually started out in Manhattan, believe it or not. And then ah, okay. Fairlawn, and then Wayne, and then here. So we kind of bounced around. But yeah, we've, we've got two more years left on this lease, and then we'll see where we go. <laughs> no, no chances of coming out to Austin, right? We are, uh, we are actually thinking about 
creating like satellite offices. Gotcha. Uh, especially as we grow and like just try to find the right talent. And you know, we were thinking maybe Nashville. Very cool. And Ryan, I know your expertise is, as we talked about this kind of before we started the show, is an SEO. Um, yeah. But before that, I, I'm doing some research. I was looking at some of your past podcasts you've been on. And you talk about education-based selling. And I know that's for you guys, it's worked really well. And for me on a podcast, it's helped a lot. Just being able to inform and teach people genuinely, here's how it works. Here's what, how you're going to get results and using that process. But curious to know for you, kind of, if you could walk me through how you do it, and then we can get into some other cool stuff that I, um, I've heard you talk about. I know you're really good at, but I definitely want to start there with that, with that process. Yeah, so definitely for us, it's important because I mean, we're, we're looking to become sort of like trusted advisors for yeah. our, our clients. And so, you know, with that comes educating them and, you know, giving them the knowledge they, they need ultimately to make the best decision for them. So like we might not be the best fit for them in terms of our services and what we can do for them, but we want to help them make the best decision. And oftentimes that come that, you know, that's educating them on what they need, they might need, you know, yeah. what we do, et cetera. And so like we, for example, we create a lot of blog content and then we'll share that with prospects and clients trying to educate them on certain things. You know, direct mail being at such a big part of our business, you know, and it's also just not taught as much nowadays, to be honest, in college. And so when we take on a new client, especially maybe if our contact in marketing is younger and they're just not, they haven't been exposed to direct mail yet, we'd sort of take like a mentorship role with them. I know that's not selling, but it's sort of a selling, you know. You're definitely building trust in that phase. Definitely building trust, yes. And then, you know, it's really, even the way we do proposals, so our proposals are very detailed, giving them the, our like specific strategy and what we think would work best for them. And so we're trying to give them a lot of information before they're even a client, just to kind of earn their trust and help them make a better decision. And then going back to like the trusted advisor, just really, we have some agencies that will use us for, for execution and they'll come to us a lot for feedback on this and that. It might not even be for a client, it might be for someone that they're prospecting. Yeah. We try to give them as much information as possible to become their trusted advisor and help them get the business as well. Got it. And, and I'm curious because like you can give a lot of people a lot of information, but it's there's so many things you can give them, so many ways you can help them before they become a client. What's usually the first entry point if a new client kind of shows up or they come up on your radar today, the first touch point, is it a blog? Is it an email? Is it a, a phone call? What's kind of the first part to that? Okay. Like how they find us? Or what's like the first thing you give them, I would say? Oh, okay. Okay, got it, got it. It's usually a phone call. I mean, we, it, it, you know, if, if they're like very local to Fairfield, New Jersey, we try to meet them in person if we if we think they're it's a good fit. But it's yeah. usually a phone call just to really identify if we are, if we're a good fit and they're a good fit for us um, and try to find out what they need and, and uh, diagnose, you know, what their, what their needs are. So it's three, usually a phone call. Gotcha. And from there, we think it's a good fit. And then it goes deeper. Then it's, it's you know creating that strategy doc that I mentioned. It's sending them blog content, case studies, you know things like that. Got it. Do you ever send them any podcasts? I feel like you do a lot. You do a decent amount of podcasts. I've seen you on a few. Do you ever drag the links or say, hey, like to listen to this? I think you'll find this bit helpful or anything like that. You know, it's funny you said that. I, I realized I wasn't doing that, and I recently started <laughs> doing it. So we're trying to get more into like dealership marketing, you know, daughter dealerships, and I've been on some dealership podcast and so now we're using the, that podcast in our sales efforts because there's a lot of like a lot of meat in the podcast in terms of tips and whatnot and totally. so yeah, i think i definitely it's something i don't do enough of but it's it's on my radar now gotcha yeah i think one of the things i, I had a mentor teach me early on is like you see like you need to use your podcast as like as a way to have 
to handle all the objections and then have those recorded. So you can just send them to people before those objections come up or send them to people who are like, if like, if you're on a, like if you have a podcasting client, then you can send this, this episode about, you know, podcasting and SEO and about what you guys do to them. And it's more relevant. Or if you're, if you're on a dealership podcast, you could send it to a client who's a dealership in the dealership business. So I think that's definitely an awesome, an awesome way uh, to really leverage them instead of just doing them for the exposure and then that's it. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I'll share the podcast on my LinkedIn, just try to build up some thought leadership. I was experimenting with, with translating the uh, transcribing the, the podcast I was on and putting them on LinkedIn. Wasn't getting much action out of that, I guess, because it's kind of probably pretty boring to like read a transcription. So I tried that with about a dozen of my podcast interviews, but just but I wasn't getting much traction with it. But I definitely, I definitely agree with you, like repurposing content. It's uh, you're taking the effort to make something once, like how can you leverage that and maximize the use of it is, is very, very smart. Yeah. Into multiple like different marketing messages in different places. You can place them creating series out of your podcast, tons of cool stuff you can do. Um, I'm curious for you out of all the stuff you've done, you've like, what would, in terms of your educational education based education based selling perspective, what would be probably like the most effective tool you found in, in terms of helping customers just gaining trust with customers and converting them eventually into, into clients? The strategy docs, the strategy proposals have been definitely a game changer for us. I've, I noticed a significant increase in our like quote unquote close rate, if you want to say that, right. since we started using the strategy docs. So basically, you know, we're spending a bunch of hours on these things. And when we present it to the client or the prospective client, they can tell. Right. Uh, because it's not like this cookie cutter paste in the client's name and then just, you know, <laughs> right here it's, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you can tell, like we spent a bunch of hours on this thing. And, and obviously we only do that if we feel like there's a need, we've qualified yeah. the budget and they, they, we think we can help them. They definitely need our services. So if check off all those boxes, then we do the strategy doc and our close rate is very high with that because they can see the effort that we're putting into it. And they're also educating them in the process because we're giving them like pay-per-click ideas. We're giving them social media ideas, the types of content we're mocking up ads and just things along those lines that yeah. just helps a lot. So that, that's been a game changer for sure. Gotcha. And if you, I'm sure people are like, they listen to that and they're like, okay, like that's definitely something I want to start doing. Could you walk me through kind of what that looks like from an, from a, you meet the client, you kind of understand their needs, you know, they're the budgets qualified and you go to make the strategy doc. What is the information that you pull or need? from that client um, to get going on that. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of things you have to take into account when making the, those kind of things. Yeah, definitely. So good question. All right. So, you know, we want, we need to know what they're doing now, like what's working, what's not. Yeah. see what their goals are and their objectives are, who their target audience is, you know, geo and age and all that as much information as they can give us. Yeah. So what they've done in the past, what they're doing now, what's work, what's not who their, who their audience is, their goals are. And then we use tools like Uber suggest SEM rush, just to yeah. kind of get a lay of the land as to how strong their site is now. Uh, you know, Facebook now shows you um, what ads. A, a company I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that feature. <laughs> it's, such a good yeah, feature. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really, it's really incredible. You can see exactly what ads are running and right. they could do it to you too, but at least it's a level playing field. Yeah. Um, so we use a bunch of these tools uh, to get a lay of the land as to what they're doing now, what the status of their site is. We take a look at their website. We come up with ideas like, okay, we would do this differently. This, we'd notice this. And so we just paint this whole picture. And then we sit down with the team internally and we think, okay, well, what would we recommend to this prospective client? Like what would work best for them? And then yeah. we pile all that information. We use Google Docs, Google um, 
not Google Docs. Well, it's Google Docs, but it's Google PowerPoint, I guess. No, Google Sheets. Yes, the slides one, no, I think slides. That's gotcha. what I meant, the slides. And so the good thing is it's like all in the cloud, you know, and, right. and once you do it, once we've done so many of these now that we just, once we get a new client or prospective client, we just pull the latest one that's most relevant and then we just edit that one. So it's not like yeah. we're starting from scratch every single time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it took a little while to get there, but now we're at the point where it's cut down our time significantly while still making the strategy doc very personalized. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great, great, great idea. I think so. I had a chance to talk to Neil Patel a couple of weeks ago on a phone call, on a one-on-one phone call, and that was one of the things he told me when he first started doing SEO work for people. He would go through their site, give them suggestions, create a whole proposal, and actually do the work for them and say, hey, I got you this result. Or if you rewrote this blog post like this or change this title, it would get your ranking up to here. And he closed a lot of clients like that. And it's funny enough, I took that strategy and I was like, all right, let's implement this with my team. And we got a client. It was great. It was out of three clients we pitched that to, we actually got a client. So it was 33% close rate. So I was happy about that. <laughs> it was a good, good phone call. So, so the, totally this strategy works and I can see it being very, very like streamlined of a process once you have it down. And once you have it, you have the, the key parts already kind of built out. You can switch yeah. them out. For you, what were some of the things that haven't worked in the past from, from, uh, from a perspective and to give some background, I guess, could you talk about what Valentine does? Cause I know you guys do, you know, direct mail SEO, but some of the other things I may not be aware of, uh, so we can give a full, I'll give a better idea of what you're, what we're talking about here. So when you say not working from a sell, from a sales perspective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even a yeah, sales perspective or content perspective too, like what contents failed for you guys in the past or just hasn't performed to way that, the way you expected it to. Yeah. I mean, for selling, it's a large part of what I do. Cold calling, a hard time with that. That might <laughs> yeah. be me. I'm sure yeah. some people make it work. Networking. Well, let me actually one caveat on that. Like networking has not worked well for me. It might be my personality. I'm sort of, I mean, like I'm not introverted, but I'm, not, I'm definitely an extrovert. I'm sort of, I, I tend Same. to shy away from those situations for whatever reason. And so it just, you know, it hasn't worked for me, but, but masterminds have been, have been key for me. So I, I belong to a mastermind and it, that's essentially networking, but it's, it's a little different. And, so Personal. I always recommend, yeah, I always recommend masterminds to people. It's been, I've been in one for 18 months now and it's, you know, in terms of digital. So you asked what Valentine does. We do direct mail yep. and then we have a full in-house digital team from SEO, paid search, social content, email. Those are like our bread and butters, different specialists for each strategy. Um, so yeah, I mean, so what doesn't work for us right now, we haven't had a lot of luck making LinkedIn advertising work, to be honest with you. Uh, it's expensive too. It's very expensive. It is. I mean, that's the problem. We've managed to make Facebook work. We get leads from Facebook. Um, but LinkedIn has been a challenge for us. We haven't had, you know, we've tested Reddit, Reddit ads, core ads. We haven't had much luck with that. Even Outbrain, like content syndication, haven't had much luck with that. So we just stick with, for us, we stick with, you know, Google and Facebook and, right. you know, content, content marketing and email. We, we like to use MailChimp, tons of email tools out there. That's what we prefer. I just moved off of MailChimp. So. Did you really? Why? <laughs> For me, it was deliverability, but I think it's probably just more of like maybe my emails, there's the words aren't there, aren't like the best for, for deliverability or there's too many links. So we're kind of, uh, we're kind of going through that right now. We're switching to active campaign. I've uh, heard of that a lot. I've heard of that. I've heard that mentioned a lot. It's, I think it's worth looking into. It's a, like lot, it? it's a lot of flexibility, tons of flexibility with segmentation, depending on how big your list is, it'll, it'll be more expensive or cheaper for us. It was actually cheaper because we have a, a small email list, so it works, but yes, yeah, it's, it's more complex, but it's a lot more flexibility and a lot of stuff you can do with that. So, yeah, but yeah, but that's, okay. yeah, for that, for email, we're, we're testing that out and we've heard tons of great reviews from it too. 
So we're just moving into that. I know you mentioned before on the email I sent over this morning at like six in the morning, at least my time, six in the morning. (laughs) 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 The other podcasts I've heard you on, you talk a bit about direct mail, but I know your specialty is more SEO. And I want to dive into the five steps you would give to someone who maybe has an average blog or they have a blog that's not really performing to the degree that they want it to. If you could run us through a five-step process or a five-step framework that could help people say, hey, here's where you're at. Like you're at, you know, you've got some content on there. You've got an okay looking website, but the SEO could be a lot better. Where do you start with those people when it comes to auditing or improving it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually going to mention, uh, you mentioned Neil Patel before and UberSuggest. That's his tool. It's a really, it's free and it's actually, it's actually starting to compete. He's actually starting to compete with SEMrush, which is our, which we pay for. There's definitely SEMrush beats them in some areas, like their database is more up to date. But, right. um, but yeah, it's pretty incredible. But okay, so I, I can answer from not necessarily from a blog standpoint, more from like if, if it's a local business or, totally. and not even just a local business, it could be just a nationwide business. But as like a, you have, you're a business and you have a website, like what are five things you can do? Would it be a brick and mortar, more more or less, or it could be, yeah, it could be, okay. a, yeah. So let's let's, let's say that. Let's so let's. Yeah, brick and mortar is fine. So the first thing is, you know, foundational stuff, making sure that your site is mobile friendly mm-hmm. and not just mobile friendly, but has a very strong experience on mobile and loads fast. I know that's probably been said many, many times, but it's just, it's not the case in, in a lot of websites and it's very important, very, very important. Load speed matters and the mobile friendliness of your site matters a lot. So gotcha. you want to make sure you have those foundational stuff squared away. Got and for for mobile friendly, how do you make it mobile friendly? How do you go about seeing like just could throw it up on your phone and say, okay, it sucks or it doesn't suck? Or what's what are some ways to looking into that and kind of opening up the hood? Yeah, so you want to use Google's mobile friendly tool. So just Google is my site mobile friendly. Pop in your URL into that, and then Google will give a red or a green like passing or failing. Okay. It needs to pass that, and then you want to you want to measure the the speed of the mobile site as well. You can use Google's PageSpeed tool. Uber suggests their site audit tool does that. Yeah. Um, what are some other ones? GT Metrics, Pingdom. There's a whole bunch out there. Web page test speed or something like that. org. And what's a good time, like a, I guess an ideal page speed for someone who's looking like, all right, mine's like 2.5 seconds, for example. I think that's pretty slow, but what would be an ideal one to shoot for, ideal time? I mean, it depends obviously on the site because some are just more complex and True. have a lot more going on. So if you're looking at like a simple blog versus a very complex e-commerce site, it's really hard to compare apples to apples there. But, you know, a few sec- less than a few seconds, the lower the better, honestly. Of course, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's just like a 40 time in an athlete, lower the better. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, cool. So we've got the foundational stuff down packed. We we're mobile friendly. What is the next step in, in taking this thing to average to a, a website that competes at the top? Sure. And these aren't necessarily in order of priority. I'm just going to give cool. you five, but uh, it's content creation, making sure you have a steady flow of content being created, making sure that, and really nowadays it's more quality over quantity. So you don't want to just hound your website with small little 200 word blogs that yeah. like a machine it's more um it's more quality over quantity and you want to make sure that all your content is keyword optimized identify what the keywords you're going to use are in the content it needs to be well written though so it's uh, you don't want to think too much about long seo you want the content to be super helpful something that you'd want to find in the search results make sure it's very visual images youtube embeds if it makes sense links to other sites links internally make it a really strong piece of content and make sure that that content, that it's keyword optimized as well. You've identified the keyword that you're writing about, title tag, meta description, related keywords in the body, image tags, the whole 
the whole, whole nine, nine yards. Gotcha. And Uber suggests, I would say, for anyone looking to to, to look at that stuff, you know, re- relative keywords, all that other stuff you mentioned, to get a healthy score, would that be an ideal place to kind of throw a blog post in there or a page link in there to see to see how it's doing? I know there's stuff I on would, Google or WordPress too as well you can use. Yeah, like Yoast, the Yoast plugins is really good for that. It's, Uber suggests is more. They look at the site more from a technical standpoint. I'm trying to think SEO Quake has a pretty good tool for measuring like how SEO friendly a page is. Yoast, like I mentioned, Uber's just is good. It's just more technical. Like how much duplicate content do you have on your site? How many broken links does it have? All very important too, but it's just looking at it from a different standpoint. Got it. Very cool. <clears throat> so with the content, you mentioned internal linking and external linking. I, I, I know what that is, but for people who aren't sure, like, Internal linking, I presume, like linking to other blogs inside of your website? Yep, blogs or pages, just pages in general. It could be posts, it could be pages. Yeah, other pages on your site internally that add value to the piece of content that they're writing, right. that, they're, that they're reading. So not random stuff. Like, just <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, gotcha. No. Okay, because some people can get kind of, ch- kind of cheat the system. Like, let's just link up a whole bunch of random stuff here. Cool, and then obviously external linking is linking out to other places. Now, a question for you, would it be, I don't know if the search ranking, the search searches, search engines really look at this, but is there a difference between when you're linking to maybe a social media website like Facebook, or maybe a profile or a post, or if you're linking to maybe like a credible blog like a Forbes? Do that, um, do the weight of that link differentiate? I don't know if that's a really technical question or. Anything. So for the external links, we try to link out to authoritative sites like to have a lot of domain authority or sites that are like like, stat, like, a, like an association, industry association okay. would be a perfect site. You, I guess you could say Wikipedia because they have so much domain authority, but obviously the quality of their content varies based on what you're reading. If you look at a domain authority, it's obviously a monster site. CNN maybe, like you know, news sites, association websites, industry journals. It could be other blogs too if it's like the go-to. Yeah, say that. I would say it's okay to link to other blogs as long as it's like well-written content. It's not competitive to your website, of course. Got it. Yeah. And the ones with more domain authority, the ones with more brand, from what I've seen and heard, it's like if they have a brand and they probably, Google's going to favor them because they don't want, they're not going to put crap stuff on their website because it's going to mess up their brand. That's actually a good point that I don't have that as one of my five, but because it's really hard for a small business, a local business, but brand, your brand equity is becoming more and more important. So Google, Google can see how many times someone's searching for certain brands and right. they, they trust brands more. So like, for example, if someone's typing in cars or whatever, you know, any of these like BMW, Mercedes, Acura, they're all could be, they could be, they could be the number one choice for that term. They all have very strong brands, all strong domain authority. So how does Google know? Like, so I think from, and Neil Patel actually talks about this a lot. Yeah, they can, but they could see how popular a brand is, but how many people are searching for, how many people are searching for like BMW mm. 3 Series or Mercedes S-Class or whatever. And so that kind of helps Google paint a better picture as to what, who should be the number one, number one choice for that, for that search term. You know, but it's hard for a local business because how do you, you know, it, that just comes down to general marketing, like getting your name out there, press releases, being around for a long right. time. It's, it's a little harder, but <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of work. Going through the process right now as a personal brand, I'm sure you are too, trying to to build build your brand. Number three, when it comes to we got content, we've optimized the site. Kind of what's the next step in this in this process or next big key? Yeah, the next step is it's sort of similar to the content creation in terms of you want to make sure all your core pages are optimized for the right keywords. By core pages, I mean homepage, products, services, maybe about all the core pages that you want to rank, you know, be intentional about your SEO on those pages. Like, okay, 
a spreadsheet of the URLs. Keywords are important to each page. And then make sure you're checking off all the boxes. Make sure the keywords in the title tag, meta description, the body tags, image tags. Just making sure that all the core pages are well optimized for the right keywords. Got it. So you're talking your contact page, about page, home page, probably in my scenario would be like a podcast page or to where most podcasters are going to have a page where they have all their shows. So you're saying those specific pages need to have dedicated keyword kind of brackets or like a group of keywords for each of those? Yeah. You want to make sure that each page should be optimized for unique keywords. You know, so you want to have like, so your homepage is going after keyword XYZ and ABC or whatever. And your products page or your service pages are going after these keywords. So you want to map it all out. We use Google sheets. We'll have like the URLs in the left in the column A and then column B is the keywords and then so forth. So you want to map it all out and then make sure you're very deliberate about the optimization for those pages. Got it. I even think now with podcasts, because Google's now transcribing podcasts in Google yeah. Podcasts and they're ranking those. So you can, you pull up a show, you can actually click play right from zero search. So you can, you don't even have to click off of Google. You can play the episode right there in the Google search results, yeah. That's pretty which cool. is interesting. So yeah, so even ranking your, looking at your podcast and like what keywords am I going to use in this episode? It can get kind of granular. It's crazy. That sounds, but very, very well known. I never knew that about sites and having specific keywords for every page. Hence the why I'm doing this podcast with you. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Number four, <laughs> what would be the next step? I feel like we haven't got a pretty damn good site by now, but what are the next, the next uh, moves? Well, let's go off your site. Uh, let's um, look at your Google My Business profile. So you want to make sure your business is claimed in Google My Business, which, is, which fuels Google Maps. And you want to make sure that that listing is completely filled out. Your, the right categories, your company name, address, phone number, website, description, categories, the products and services you have, photos, make sure that thing is 100% filled out completely. And that's going to help you a lot because you know what happens, and this actually goes back to the branding that we talked about. When that's fully filled out and, it, and it's aged a little bit, when you type in your company name, yeah. that shows up in the sidebar of Google and it sort of becomes like your brand ambassador. Like it shows you, and your reviews as well, it shows everything about the company. And yeah. So we use it as a sales tool. So when someone types in Valentine, Unfortunately, we share the same name as the uh, beer and scotch. So it's always like big brands, but <laughs> yeah. you know, depending, sometimes it shows up a Ballantine Corp, Ballantine NJ, our, we show up in the sidebar. And, it, and so if someone's thinking about working with us, they can see all our, all our reviews, our information, and it just, it, it sells us before we have to sell ourselves. True. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I never thought about that. I told you my parents own an Italian restaurant and I got to go do that now. <laughs> I'm kind of their tech guy <laughs> by yeah. default, you know, the son. Very cool. So I never knew that. Yeah. I thought, I've heard of Google business, but I've never thought it was that important. I'm like, ah, whatever. Even for online business or just strictly for mobile or for, for brick and mortars with this matter? Well, it's definitely the most important for local businesses, but like we're not technically local. I mean, we have a lot of local clients, but we work with clients from coast to coast. So, right, right. And we still use it because, because I want when someone Googles us to, to get the, to see the information that's going to pre-sell them. It's crucial for a local business online. It's, it's much less important, but you still want to control your brand when someone searches. Yeah. And I see. it's just another, it's you know, with SEO, it's every little bit adds up to a lot. And so you want to check up all the boxes with, it's a nice signal to Google that you're an actual business with an address and reviews and yeah. <laughs> you know, all that. So just, it's something that it's definitely lower level priority, but it's still important. Yeah. If you have a team, if you have people like, I would suggest giving them this website or giving them this podcast and saying, hey, go do what this guy says. Go do what Ryan says, or you know what I mean? Or contact Ryan to be like, how can we get this going? Because eventually it will, I think it will play a bigger factor 
as it gets more competitive, the little details start to magnify what I found. Just like in podcasting, it's getting more and more people are getting in it. The harder it is, the more details you need, the better your quality content needs to be. So it's, it's just, it's like everything. I feel like as it goes more, gets crowded, details will start to get magnified. Yeah. It's harder to stand out. You got, you have to do what other people are not, are not willing to do, you mm-hmm. know, put in, put in the extra effort. And what I've noticed with Google, my business staying on that topic, Google's investing a lot in it. They're just adding mm-hmm. a lot of features. And usually when they do that, it's a sign that, that it's important to focus on it. They're not just doing it for no reason. There's a reason it's, they, they see it as an important part of their, you know, infrastructure or whatever you want to yeah. call it. And so, you know, I pay attention to it as well. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you see like Google my business underneath, you'd say like relevant businesses underneath. I don't know if they have ads on there. On they're starting page. to actually. Yeah, in Google my business, they're starting to show ads, unfortunately. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, people also search for these businesses. I feel like it would yeah. make sense. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like you got like one barbershop and then you have the list, all the pay people want to pay to have their barbershop, you know, underneath as an advertisement. It makes sense. You know, it's like we don't own the property. It's their property. And so even though it's our listing, it's really we're just building our listing on their property. And so they can do whatever they want, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's funny how websites and pages become real estate in, you know, online real estate. It's really what it is. You know, oh, yeah. Put on a lot of podcasts because I'm like, it's real estate, you know? It is. It's audio real estate. That's what it is. An asset. So awesome. So that's a, that's a cool conversation. I'm definitely going to listen to this again. The, the last step for really, really moving your page or website from average to expert or average to amazing in this scenario, what would that be for you? So that can't have a conversation about, about SEA without talking about links and citations. So, I mean, this could be a podcast episode on its own, but just have a plan in place to build links to your website. So links are other sites linking back to you. So types of links you can get, directories, guest posting on other sites. Podcasts. Actually, I was, I was actually about to say that. You read my mind. So like <laughs> this podcast, and like we, I do it as a form of marketing to be, become a better speaker, get, get a Valentine's name out there. But yeah. as a side benefit, I know that on the show notes, there's going to be a link back to our website and that helps totally. SEO. Yeah. So just look for opportunities to get links back to your website. And then citations, uh, citation is the presence of your name, your address, and your phone number on the internet. So think of like Yelp. Mm. Yelp, you know, you go to your listing, you have your name, address, phone number, or Google My Business, or any directory. That's a citation. So Google uses that as a ranking factor in Google Maps. So when they see the same name, address, phone number, citation, across 50, 60, 100 websites, it gives them confidence that they have the right information on you, the right address, the right phone number. So it's, it's helpful for your maps rankings. Gotcha. Would that count for a PO box? Would they look at PO boxes differently? Something like I travel quite a lot. I don't stay in the same place. Probably. I probably won't for the next four or five, six years. So that address is going to be jumping around a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're in a tough spot then because yeah. uh, PO boxes are not, you can't claim PO boxes on Google, my business. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> oh so, yeah, that's we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I'll use the parents' place as a main. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right, right. Because yeah, plastered across the internet, you know. <laughs> but it probably isn't already. They still know it, you know. Like yeah. Say. Well, funny enough, I use the restaurant's address as a physical address for some things, because it's just like that's not going anywhere. But I am, so uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, send it there. It'll get to me eventually. Oh, so, so you use that for your mail, your parents' restaurant for your mail? For some of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for like, if you need to sign up for an email service provider and they need a physical address, could use my apartment or I could use my, like maybe my workspace, but I won't be here in a year or so. Yeah. 
So it's like the bakery, you know, the restaurant's not going anywhere. So it's a very, very awesome. In terms of, so we covered the five steps and really quick, I want to run through them one more time. So someone listening to this can get a really good snapshot of like, here's the thing you got to do. So we talked about number one, mobile, making sure your, show, your site's mobile friendly. I think you mentioned something else in that. Uh, load speed. Load speed, mobile friendly, load speed. Number two, producing quality content. And you said it's not more about the quantity, it's more about the quality of that content. Things that people are going to want to actually search and things that you are going to search for, helpful content. Number three, and I'm blinking on number three. Making sure that all of your core pages are optimized. Yes, core page optimization with specific search key terms or keywords that you're going to try and rank for for each specific page. Number four, Google My Business and making sure that actual page is filled out properly. And then number five, getting links, having like an outbound link strategy. So like link building. Link building and, and citations. And I actually, can I add a bonus to number two or are we out of oh, time? Totally, no, go ahead. Okay, um, so number two is the content. And so yeah. one thing, mindset shift is that you don't always have to create new content. So mm-hmm. what we do, and it's been very effective is, and you know, I'm not like the creator of this, this strategy. I've just heard about it mostly in other marketing podcasts, but it works. So I'm going to mention it. Looking at old blog posts that you've written that are doing very well, and then double downing on those blogs. So basically upgrading them, taking the content, adding more content to it. So gotcha. we, the way we do it, we don't change too much from the original blog post. We don't change the metadata. We don't change the content. We just add to it. And so we gotcha. identify a blog that's doing very well. And then we might add 300, 400 more words to it, like updated information. And whenever we do that, I guess because you're giving Google more of what it already likes, it goes, it goes up. Yep. Good to know. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Building on those things that are already working, doubling down on your podcasts or episodes or your blog posts, essentially for me, they're podcasts that's they start and doubling down. That's really good. Really, really good strategy. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it there. I don't want to keep this long. Try to keep these at 15 minutes. So Ryan, before we go, where can people find out more about you, what you do and what Valentine does? Sure. Yeah. First of all, thanks for listening, everyone. Appreciate, appreciate you having me on the show as well. And um, I've set the landing page for your audience. It's uh, valentine.com forward slash domination. And uh, there's uh, an opportunity to connect with me on LinkedIn, my link uh, for my profile. And also there's an offer for a free video analysis. So I'll take a look at your website and I'll go through it and I'll do a screen share and I'll give you my thoughts on your SEO and your social and your everything, just call to actions. And so it's like a 10 minute video walkthrough of me just giving you my feedback and that's free off of that landing page. That is super, super valuable. I will, um, I'll have that link to that audit in the show notes as well. So people can just check it out. If they stumble across this episode on, on lewisryan.com, they can click that, go straight there. And I want to make sure they know, cause I, maybe they've heard of Craig Ballantyne and I know your spelling of your name of Ballantyne is different from his. So it's B-A-L-L-A-N-T-I-N-E. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's no Y in it. Okay. There's no Y. No, no. <laughs> Good <laughs> to know. Those. You're welcome. That's the Canadian version. I think with the Y. So, Ryan, thanks again for coming on, man. I really, really appreciate it. So I think you dropped some amazing stuff today. So we're definitely going to have this website, this episode up and share it around everyone. So I appreciate your time. Sounds good. Likewise. Appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Hey, and don't forget, I have a number of free bonuses for you. That's Yes, these are free templates, guides, and stuff that I've actually included in my recent book, How to Get Your First 100,000 Downloads in 100 Days. But... You don't even have to buy the book. I'm just going to give this to you for free. All you have to do is go to Louis Ryan, Louis Ryan, L-U-I-S-R-Y-A-N.com forward slash book. There is a simple form where you fill out your name and your email and you get a ton of free stuff 
all the templates and guides that I include in the book, but you don't have to buy the book. So you're saving yourself a chunk of money um, that literally will take you probably less than two minutes to accomplish or perform. So enjoy that. That's my gift to you. Use it. Don't just let it fall by the wayside. And I'll see you on the next episode.